Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with Lou Weiss, who's the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. He's also the president of All Metals and Forge Group. If you're looking for industrial forgings in various custom shapes and seamless rolled rings, check them out at steelforge.com. Joining us is Norbert Orr. Norbert is our senior correspondent who covers the purchasing managers indexes in 18 countries around the world and some regional ones in the US. And he always gives us some insight as to what's going on with manufacturing and where it seems to be going. Norbert, again, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks, glad to be here. Good to have you. The report looks encouraging. I would say in different times, it would look stellar. But in these times, it looks kind of okay because we can't define much risk easily the, the the whole basis of economic analysis and a environment like we're in right now uh, is challenging at best uh, what we've seen is the uh, pmis you know what we're looking for out of the pmi is always those that are expanding and strengthening so that they're growing and they're growing faster month over month from that. And we held up and, uh, pretty well until this, this month. Now, we're still expanding, but it's shifted toward uh, it, uh, the, the weaker, uh, it's not growing as, as fast. And so the rate of growth is slowing significantly. Uh, so there, there's a lot that uh, uh, I think we, we, a lot of changes that we need to make if we're gonna be able to sustain the type of growth that we've had recently. Uh, Norbert, uh, I agree with you that things here in US manufacturing wise seems to be slowing, uh, but then you have contradictory numbers like backlog numbers backlog numbers have gone up. Um, so it's hard to be slowing while your backlog is increasing. And maybe some of the increasing is because uh, you, you, you have supply chain and logistic issues and can't get raw material to lower your, to, to do more production and lower your uh, backlog. But nonetheless, and, and I, I have to say this about uh, All Metals and Forge Group, is that uh, you know for the last five or six months things have been coming along better and better and better, and uh, now in the middle of uh, whatever month this is, uh, April uh, of 2022, uh, we're going to have a, a apparently another successful month. So. Who am I selling? I'm selling people who are in the oil and gas industry, energy issue, um, aerospace, uh, machinery builders. Um, there are certain sectors that are really hot. Wouldn't you agree with that? I, I do agree with that, Lou. And it's, it's hard to explain uh, how you get that circumstance. But what, what I've looked at is from the standpoint of uh, the greater of amount of uh, volume that the companies have, you know, you run, pro you run product 
that sometimes that you really wish you could run something else, but you can't get everything you need for that. So that becomes a, a barrier toward uh, getting the right product. It, it's one thing to have your plant full. It's another thing to have it full with the right mix. Right. And so I think the mix is the issue right now. Yeah, I'm, my business is pretty good. Yeah, I'm uh, hanging in there. Yeah, this year's going to be okay. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to have had the mix I would have liked to have had. Therefore, my profitability is, is likely to go down from, from where we are. Or maybe one of my really good customers uh, who always paid on time is no longer uh, viable for the products that I've been selling to them. They'll get back to it, but uh, not in the near term. Well, part of what you're talking about is something that uh, we talked about several months ago, and that was the, the circle of uncertainty and, and uh, uh, the way things are right now, nothing is certain. And even if your backlog is big, uh, I've been doing this business long enough that I know when they turn off the spigot somewhere, they turn it off in a day and all of a sudden, everything goes to, you know what? Right. <laughs> I'll right. never, no, I'll never forget, I'm sorry, I'll never forget the day of 9-11 uh, here in New York. Backlog was dissipated within 72 hours. Right. So, you know, it, it, it takes, yeah, I also think that maybe that's one of the reasons we've held up as well as we have is because we've lived through some of those things and said, well, if we can live through 9-11, this is not going to be uh, what stops us. And right. so I think maybe our resistance to that situation is greater than it had been previously. Uh, psychiatrists might not agree with you because they're saying that half half the population is crazy, depressed, anxiety, and all the rest of the stuff. So they're not the producers; uh, they're the uh, ride along and see what happens crowd. Yeah, of course they were probably crazy and all those other things uh, <laughs> before it started. It's just nobody noticed it that much. Uh, yeah, that could be. They didn't get as much sympathy. That could be. That could be. So Norbert, I wonder, and this is kind of outside the realm of the purchasing managers index, although employment's a big piece of it. We're talking about all of these uh, gaps in employment. We can't find the workers, but if I look at not the U3, but the U6 that the Department of Labor reports, it's at 7.1. I mean, we have the people, but we're not connecting the people with the jobs. Is and it doesn't seem to be wages. I know businesses in my area that are offering $25 an hour and people don't even show up for the interview. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the challenge is, and I was just looking at something this morning, Tim, and um, oh, I know what it was. I was filling out the, some Georgia 
licensed uh, tags information and so on. And on the bottom corner of it, it said uh, that they were interviewing for jobs. Well, when's the last time we saw the state having to interview and post interviews for jobs? They're having a hard time getting people. Uh, but what's what's happened is everybody's become more convinced that they're worth more than than uh, they're they're being paid. You know, I always taught my children if you're worth more than you're paid, you'll be paid more. But if you're worth less than you're paid, you probably will be paid less. And uh, I think that's an awful lot of what's going on right now is people have a very high opinion all of a sudden of, uh, because of the checks they got, because of unemployment, because, uh, you know, a, a debate I heard this morning was on uh, paying off student loans. Well, who's going to pay for student loans if the people that borrowed the money don't pay for it? Uh, sounds like to me that's everybody else. I, I have the answer to that, Norbert. Here it, comes, here it comes, Tim. It all goes to the national debt. And the national debt will never, ever be paid off. They're going to do one colossal write-off. The debt will be gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think you're alone in that, uh, in that belief, Lou. Uh, I've been telling that story to a lot of people. Yeah, you, you'll be and you'll be telling it for a long time uh, because there's no in in the history of economic history there's no nation that has ever been able to get uh, out of inflation except by devaluating their money. You can talk about all the other things, productivity, et cetera, et cetera not going to do it. They're going to have to, at some point, devalue. And of course, that's why a lot of people in the, in the investment world uh, like to, to talk about that, that type of thing, because they, they know the only answer is to, to, uh, to devalue the currency. I rest my case. So that's what may eventually happen is that they're just going to they're going to charge it off and drop it on to the national debt just like they bailed out Lehman Brothers and the rest of the folks dropped it onto the national debt um, and yeah it's never going to be paid I don't know when those chickens come home to roost at some point your debt service may become more than your income and then you got a real problem. So, right. let me ask, so let me ask you a question. What happened? So you default on your loan debt. It just happened to Russia two or three days ago. They defaulted. Right. What happened? Nothing. Nothing. Zippo. So right. what is the, what's the big deal about if you're a country? What's the big deal if you default? Some jerk country is going to loan you more money. Well, yes. Short term, your friends aren't going to go away. Uh, longer term, that's going to be more of a challenge. And our problem is we can't get past this short term into even really talking intelligently about the long term of how do we bring this debt down? Uh, do we need to? There are, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, economists right now, I think, that are paid uh, handsomely to, to say uh, we don't think. Uh, 
the, the national debt is a, is a big deal. It's money we owe to ourselves if we don't claim it. But when you, you get to uh, when you get to where you're you're really trying to figure out how do we finance all of this over the long haul, uh, it becomes much more of a challenge. Well, I, I have to refer back to my tungsten story about how we sell our tungsten, which we don't want to sell. We sell it to China, they sell it back to us, and then we charge a tariff to the people who bought it. Right. There is something very wrong with this story. I mean, really. I mean, to me, it makes sense that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I'm not directly familiar with that situation. I'm gonna to have to do a little bit more research to, uh, to, to get to understand that. but. Usually it's because some congressman's brother-in-law or sister-in-law uh, had a uh, uh, special favor that was due and that's how it came back to them. But that's another issue. Right, right. So let's talk about uh, what's going on in Texas, ISM in Texas. Uh, you know, the, the oil prices have been wonderfully high. Right. Uh, I don't mind paying six bucks a gallon if I were in California, as long as the oil companies uh, need to keep pumping at a hundred bucks a barrel and wear out parts so that they could buy replacement parts from All Metals and Forge Group. Right. Well, Texas is actually doing very, very well. Correct. Uh, the index, uh, there, there's not really a PMI for uh, Texas. So I take the, the Texas information and create a PMI from that. So if, uh, if Dallas, if Texas had a PMI right now, it would be at 55.8. It's not on your sheet. Uh, and that was the month before it was 57.7 month before it was 62.9. So it's been in a downward trend. And I think that's the general message with all of this is that most are okay, but they're trending downward. And we know that's not okay. And we also know that there's not enough going on probably to be able to reverse that. So we're gonna to continue to lose uh, some, some value off of the, almost every index. Well, it's going to be an interesting challenge. I was just hearing in terms of the employment that we were talking about earlier, Norbert. California is thinking about reducing their work week to 32 hours, but the employer still has to pay for 40 hours. And it, I, I recall somebody when they were running for president by the name of Ross Perot. And I'll paraphrase them, that giant sucking sound you hear will be companies <laughs> headed to Texas from California. <laughs> and then Texas will really boom, Lou. That's right. That's right. Yeah, well, California, you know, we, we all know that they've got some weird ideas and so on. Um, so if, if that's going to happen, who knows? Um, you know, $6 a gallon gas, which $3 of it is California taxes on the gas. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's kind of insane. Well, that's, that's self-inflicted. 
Right. Completely. Well, that's like putting tariffs on all of our imports. Right. The American people have to pay for it. The, when I think about inflation and having lived through uh, decades now of on and off with, with inflation, when I think about inflation, and I know I said this on, on, uh, on this show uh, at least once in the next two, last two or three months, um, the, uh, the, 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 I lost my train of thought. Uh, the, the challenge that we get from Texas is you've got a governor who wants to be president. I'm sorry, in California, you have a governor who wants to, to, to be president, has no qualifications for it whatsoever. But we're used to that. But, but why would that be a bit of a problem? You know, we've uh, set the mold pretty much for that. Um, uh, uh, we'll see. There, there's so much going on politically right now that the economics are, are really taking the back seat to it. Governor Newsom needs to get a television show so that he can qualify to be president as Trump <laughs> and Reagan did. Let's not forget DeSantis. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering about uh, Europe, Norbert, because they have in their uh, arena this war between Russia and Ukraine. What is beginning to happen with the purchasing managers indexes in Europe? Well, they actually had a good month. It was kind of kind of like Lou's story about, hey, things don't look so bad. Uh, and if we look at uh, what we were able to do in, uh, in those months or in, in this past month, uh, you had an average of 56.5 for the PMI for the Eurozone. The high was Ireland at 59.4, the low was, Spain at 54.2. And that's actually a pretty good number for Spain if you look at what their historical numbers are. That's a 54.2 for Spain is better than a, 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 another number for uh, say Germany, which is much more important, 56.9 uh, that that comes in. So uh, in general, I would say the Eurozone is doing well now. When you dig down into the backlogs and when you dig down into uh, the mistake that Europe made with regard to uh, uh, moving uh, natural gas sourcing to uh, Russia, because it's, it's a matter of going to your worst enemy and asking them for uh, 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 asking them to, to be able to uh, uh, make, make uh, sales larger than they, they would have otherwise, uh, where we have uh, uh, backlogs growing 
at a time that uh, it doesn't seem natural. I, I'm still struggling with the inventories issue. Uh, we see some growth in inventories and uh, that's been fairly constant recently. At the same time, the customer's inventories hasn't really picked up uh, throughout all of this. I mean, we're still back up in the uh, 80s range and, and so on, and, uh, and, uh, a number of indexes. Uh, prices, the prices are uh, unbelievable how much they're going up. Now, I think that can turn around very quickly. Uh, the, the good news is pricing tends to solve its own problem because when people start getting those higher prices, they start looking for alternatives or they just say, we're not going to go there right now. Uh, you know, uh, one, one of the things that, that we've followed closely has been uh, uh, grains corn uh you know now they're fighting over the corn for does it go into ethanol or does it go into uh food uh and uh the processing of food and so on and uh really uh ethanol uh they don't want the, you know the farmers don't want want to see ethanol because it firms up their market and they get that much more uh out of it uh, but how many of these types of commodities are, are we going to see before we get, you know, uh, what, one of the things I was having a conversation earlier in the week, and I said, you know, who is the best trader of commodities that you know of? And I had several people in the room, and they said, uh, I don't know, I never thought about it who that would be. And I said, well, it's farmers. Farmers understand the Chicago grain market. They understand puts and calls and, and everything better than almost any other traders because it's their complete livelihood that's at stake. And so they have to really uh, understand the, the, those markets and make sure they buy at the right time, they sell at the right time, they plant. Uh, dr driving through uh, the countryside, coming back from a trip uh, uh, this past weekend, I was amazed at how much acreage was being cleared. And uh, out in some rural areas of Georgia that I know Tim would be familiar with, uh, but there's a tremendous amount of acreage being cleared now. Is that because they're going to plant more? It would, if, if, they can, if they can do the, 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 the crops that they need to do, uh, they would wind up planting more. And so we could solve some of this issue about capacity and food and shortage and that type of thing. But uh, it also could be that uh, they're going to plant a new uh, uh, forest there for lumber. And so that's a 17-year cycle. What, what they're doing there today, it could be that with lumber prices as high as they've been, that those lumber prices translated into 
here's money we could put in the future capital investment. And uh, I think that's a, a positive. It could be uh, they're clearing for a parking lot for one of those nice companies <laughs> moving from California to Georgia. <laughs> They could be opening up Motel 6 with a big parking lot. That's right. You know, I heard something on uh, Bloomberg News this morning, and I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really interesting. They were, now, mind you, to start off with, that the inflation rate as of two days ago was 8.5%, <laughs> about 0.1 1, uh, over the anticipated 84 Anyway, 8.5, is that's a pretty big number. It's big as it's been in 40 years. Right. This morning, they were arguing, they had two economists and two news broadcasters arguing about the likelihood if we can get it to 4.5 to somewhere around 2.5 this year. And I'm saying to myself, how is that? We're at eight five. How are you getting it to four five so that you can claw your way down to three, three and a half? How's that going to happen? And they went on for, I don't know, 20 minutes and I finally turned them off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, some, of the, some of the arguments and the discussions and the theories are so far off base. That you know, it's uh, we, we we don't have any idea how and when this is all going to play out. Yeah, one one of the young folks in uh, our firm asked me this week. Said, "I'm trying to figure out how to relate the consumer price index to uh, the PMI." And uh, I said, "Well, did you figure it out?" He said, no, I can't make it happen. And uh, I said, there's a reason for that. They don't have any impact on each other. <laughs> the consumer price index is a different animal and uh, it, it doesn't relate to the PMI. Uh, and hasn't ever in the past that I'm aware of and won't probably in the future. But you need to understand about the producer's price index because it does have that. And um, uh, he said, okay, I got to go back and do my homework now and, and figure it out. I said, okay, come back to me and tell me what you come up with. Next time you see, next time you see him, ask him if he thinks the national debt's ever going to be paid off. <laughs> that, that, being, that being said, Jim. Yes, well, they, they have said, Lou, of economists, that if you laid them all head to heel in a single direction, they'd never reach a conclusion. <laughs> and that's, you know, they're certainly never going to reach a consensus. But we'll have to see how things play out. Norbert, we appreciate you being with us. Uh, a little levity in today's show as we look at these numbers and we always appreciate your insights. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks guys. And just want to remind everybody about our other shows. Uh, and we have a new one, uh, Mosher on Manufacturing. Harry Mosher is a well-known uh, entrepreneur who knows a lot of stuff about reshoring. And uh, we had the inaugural show a week ago. 
uh, tune in and take a listen. Tim? And while you're looking for that show, you'll find it at jacketmediaco.com, along with all of our other podcasts and the show that we just did with Norbert Orr. We appreciate all of you coming and listening to the shows. And by the way, subscribe to Manufacturing Outlook Easing. It's a digital magazine that comes out once a month. You can find it at manufacturingoutlook.com. Some more great insights there on the manufacturing world, where things are going. And as always, thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.